Hello again, and welcome to the latest episode of Wellbeing in Your Wallet. Uh, appreciate to have those who are new to the podcast, and for our return listeners, welcome back. Uh, I am Grant Gallagher. I'm the head of financial well-being and brand communications here at Affinity. Uh, and as always, I have my co-host here, Sean. Sean, why don't you say hi to the group? Hello, everybody. My name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the VP of Retail and Digital Branching here at Affinity. I um, I would like to kick this one off, Grant, if you're okay with that. Go ahead. I have a, a question for you, right? I feel like it's the, the perfect time of year. So do you have any special summertime traditions like going to the shore? What you know, what what do you and the family do um, for summertime activities? That's a great question. Um, actually, you know, we used to have a lot of those. Uh, and as you know, I have two two toddlers and they kind of uh, threw off our rhythm a little bit about uh, what our regular traditions were. Uh, my wife and I actually used to love to go on cruises every year. You know, we, we don't like to spend too much effort planning. So those were kind of the perfect thing where you get on the boat and they give you all sorts of things to do. Um, but obviously kids kind of throw a uh, little bit of a wrench into that dynamic. So we've been doing something a little bit different every year. Um, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, actually this year we were originally planning to take a flight to uh, Ireland and, and visit my my wife's uh, family stomping grounds way back when. But, um, you know, the cost of flights was prohibitive and uh, basically was our entire budget. So we pivoted um, and, and now we're actually planning to to take that, that cruise again this year. But uh, we shall see if that was either a great saving <laughs> idea or a terrible one by being on a boat with two toddlers for a week, um, yep. you know. TBD, but uh, hopefully, you know, we're we're starting off creating those those new traditions, and uh, you know, we're we're flexible based off of what what the environment is like, what the economic environment is like, what our budget is like. Uh, how about yourself? What what yeah. uh, summertime traditions do you and your your family have? We uh, so it's been. I'll be very honest. We've been it's been slower summertime traditions for us over the last twelve years. So we have uh, me and my wife have an eleven year old. Um, Mm -hmm. When she was four, we had another baby. When she was four, we had another baby. So we planned it out perfectly so that as the ch your child's a little bit older and you feel like you can get away with a vacation, you have a newborn. And then as you know, they get a little older and you feel like you can get away with a vacation, you have another newborn. So we're back at that point now where my youngest is four. Um, we really are starting to plan out trips a little bit more. Um, I'm not a, a huge sit down and relax kind of guy, right? I want to do something. I want to do activities. Yep. I want to go, you know, golfing or go out on a boat with the kids or, or do something. Um, this year we're actually so going you're to planning a skydiving trip with the kids as well. Yeah, you're absolutely. Saying. Right. Once they're four years old, then you can get away with it. <laughs> I don't recommend that to anybody, but, um, yeah, we're going up to Lake George, New York this year, which will be a lot of fun. I used to go there when I was, um, much younger. Uh, but my, my wife has not been there. My kids have not been there. So it's going to be a really, really cool trip. And then to your point about cruises, we actually booked a cruise for next fall uh, in 2024. Oh, so we're fun. really looking forward to that with the kids. And it's something they've never experienced before. So I think they're, uh, I know they're excited, but I think they're going to be kind of blown away at the size of it and all the activities. Um, but to your point, the cost, you know, for 11 years of not really going out and doing anything extravagant, you don't really realize when you, you start to plan these vacations, how everything adds up. And that's, that's one of the key things is like those little hidden costs. And, and I always think about this from, from the cruise perspective where it's like they advertise this, you know, somewhat affordable cost up front. And then you start going through and it's like, oh, when you add this package, there's this fee or a tax. And then when you do this, there's a fee or a tax. And it's like, I think from the point of where I 
initially looked at the price of the cruise and then at the actual final all-in cost, it probably went up about 30 to 40%. Yep. So, you know, it's like the lesson there is do do your homework, make sure you understand everything you're getting yourself involved in um, before you commit to it or even just before you fall in love with it because it's much harder to pivot and change if you've really emotionally set yourself on that vacation and then have to pivot elsewhere. I mean, one one of the key things there too is like, we have a dog. So when we go on this trip, we either need to find a friend or a family member to to watch watch him. And I mean, that that would be nice, but re- more realistically, we're going to put him, you know, we're going to board him up. So that's a yeah. cost. Parking, yep. Yep. you know, parking for a cruise can be a couple hundred dollars at minimum. Or, you know, if you get a, a car service or an Uber or whatever, you know, same kind of thing. You know, you got to factor in all those pieces because those two pieces right there could easily be, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's we, a significant <clears throat> chunk of change. Yeah, where we've always, I shouldn't say where we've struggled, but now I think where we're going to, you know, reality is going to kind of hit us in the face a little bit is when it was just me and my wife, you could go away for a weekend, you could go to the beach, you could grab food for, you know, 40, 50 bucks for two people. Now there's five of us, right? So now we're bringing a whole crew yep. of, of Lubitzes with us down to the beach, or in this case, Lake George. Um, food, I am planning on a minimum of $100 when, like when we do go out. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we've done, we're actually going up with my my brother, his family, and my parents. One of the things we're going to do is rotate who kind of makes dinner at the the house we're renting for the night. Um, it saves yep. everybody a little bit of money. Um, we don't have to spend, you know, we could spend a hundred dollars and feed everyone, and then at the same point, we have two other nights of we're not going out and spending money on food. Uh, my brother and his family, or my parents, are you know making pizzas, making tacos, cooking steaks, whatever it might be. So that's one of those ways we've, we have a little bit of fun with it. We relax more at the the home, but don't always go out and, you know, buy food and go out to dinner. Probably like me and my wife would have done or did do pre, um, prior to having children. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about just figuring out those little ways to save, to make it more affordable, to make sure that you still have the capability to go and, and make these memories. So Anyway, you know, if you haven't figured it out already, obviously we're talking about summer 2023. We're talking about how much will it cost you? We're talking about, you know, those summer traditions. And, you know, we actually have some data and content and information that we recently released out into uh, the internet world sphere, uh, both our 2023 Day at the Jersey Shore study, as well as our New- Day at New York Beaches content. Um, and that focuses on the changing costs of a day trip to these iconic vacation spots. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet, you know, I encourage you to, to go to our website and check it out. It has some really good information and details there. Um, but we're obviously going to dive into the, the details here in the podcast as well. Um, and then also we shared our spring uh, well-being in your wallet index findings. Um, and that's a quarterly study that we put out that just in, uh, looks at the impact of financial well-being concerns and the overall uh, state of uh, financial well-being in our footprint, which includes the greater New York metro area, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. Um, We're actually going to release a more updated version of that coming soon, which is going to be the summer edition. Um, Obviously, we're in the summer right now, so we're collecting that data as we speak. Um, But that's just going to show how people are feeling about their finances this summer. Um, Also capture a little bit of forward-looking data. Uh, So really excited to share that content with everybody once it's available. But with that, you know, let's jump into our findings of the day at the shore. Um, So, you know, interestingly, overall, 
uh, costs only went up 4% year over year, which sounds you know somewhat affordable, somewhat digestible. Um, I believe the Fed's target for inflation is you know something like two or three percent, so it's not too much over that. But it's kind of a, a bittersweet finding where it's still an increase, and you know it's still an increase over last year's findings, which was sixteen percent. So things are still up there; they're still expensive. Um, you know, beach services, which included beach tags, chairs, umbrella rentals, that was up four percent. Uh, food. And drink, you know, includes coffee, taffy, pizza, you know, those kind of iconic beach food and snacks. They're up 11%. Uh, Kind of leisure activities on the boardwalk, which includes mini golf or amusement park rides, those are up 8%. And then kind of the the cost that balanced this all out was travel. And that was down uh, 7.5% overall. So kind of a, a bittersweet piece there. And, you know, we just kind of want to talk through what you can potentially do to, to find some savings this summer or just manage these expenses. You know, it seems like a very expensive proposition with things increasing year over year still. What, what, what recommendations and advice do you have, Sean? Yeah, it's funny. It's, I think it's perfect that it's you and me, Grant. I'll be very honest with you because I think we have two very different ways of, of planning and budgeting. So I think the the listeners are going to get two different perspectives. But what I will say is planning and budgeting, and we've talked about it a lot on previous podcasts, are always going to be the key when we talk about um, spending or when we talk about finances. When, when It all depends if you have a trip that you're planning on for, like I said, next year to go on a cruise. We have 14 months to start putting a little bit of money away um, to save. The same thing with beaches. If you're going on a beach trip uh, or you're going to the Jersey Shore every year and you know you go down there, you get the same house, which I think a lot of people do, the same friends, the same family, it's really important when you're done and you're home on that from that vacation, start to, again, put a little bit of money away every week, you know, yes. a couple times a month when you get paid. It'll add up pretty quickly and it'll kind of be that forgotten savings account until you go away the year after. Um, it's a great place to start. Obviously, knowing that you're on this trip and knowing what you spent, you can budget for it a little bit better for the next year. Um, But the biggest thing for me is stay within your means um, all while creating those experiences that you, your family, your friends are going to remember forever. So um, when you are away, when you are at the shore, you you don't need a slice of pizza every hour, right? You don't need to play every boardwalk (laughs) game, but go out, have some fun. um, And it, it... it is so much easier to enjoy when you have it planned out, when you have that savings account, when you have that that chunk of money that you can use and you know you're going to use it on vacation. Yeah. Versus where I've done it before is you, you have a checking account that you're paying your bills out of and you're also using that same checking account to pay for the mini golf, to pay for the food. It's really hard to keep track and feel um, and kind of enjoy the moment when you're on vacation, when in the back of your mind you're stressing did I already spend too much and I have two days left? I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And, and it's kind of a, a bit of a shift for a lot of people where I think they kind of figure out what that dream vacation is first and then try to fit the budget into it versus the other way around where it's creating that budget up front to figure out what you can afford and then figuring out the, the actual realistic vacation around that budget. I, I think there's kind of, it needs to be flipped around and I think part of the the stressful piece of it too 
is a lot of folks, they, they kind of think about what that dream vacation is. And they're like, oh, I want to make this happen for my family. I want this, you know, to be picture perfect. But they don't actually talk to their family and be like, okay, what's, what's important to everybody to get out of this vacation? And, you know, maybe that one of your kids just really wants to go play mini golf one time. You know, maybe one kid really likes the arcade. Maybe they really want to go out for pizza just once, you know, and it's, it's really just kind of building those key pieces of what everybody wants to get out of it and what those expectations are so that you can make sure that everybody's walking away happy and satisfied and it doesn't include everything that's going to potentially break the bank. You know, when you figure out what those must do activities are, you can really kind of build your vacation around that and not have to, you know, sit there looking at your account balance every time after you swipe and be like, Oh boy, I hope, I hope I can afford this. Cause yeah, it takes, takes away from the enjoyment. Yeah. And I think any, any listener that has children, especially they understand that when you go away on vacation, if it's a week, I give my kids two days and they're bored. Yeah. Right. And they're they're It's the summertime. They're not in school. You know, what are we doing? I'm bored. Where, where can we go? So it's also important too to plan are you going to go on a week long vacation and then just really not have anything less or rest? I can't even speak today, not have anything left <laughs> for the rest of the summer. Or is it something where yeah. you have your summer budget, you can afford one, one larger vacation, but it also leaves you a little bit of money to go to the beach for a weekend or go to the beach for, you know, the day. Um, again, it's all about perspective. It's all what's, what's important to, you know, each individual and, and their needs, but it is something that I think everybody should think about, um, even in the fall as the summer ends, Hey, do we want to do that again next year? What would we like to do next year? Yeah. You know, next summer, the kids will be how old or we don't have kids. So let's go do some things right now. You know, we're planning on having kids down the road. Um, they're not bad conversations to have, and it will make the summer and those trips or even just those day trips that much more enjoyable. Yeah. And I think you also bring up a, an important point of, you know, think about it from a whole summer perspective, you know, not just that one trip, not just that one day. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a long, boring summer if you have kids and you blew your entire budget, you know, right at the beginning for that one week. So, you know, thinking about it from that perspective, you know, what, what can you look to to make it more affordable over, over the long term? One of the interesting things that, that actually came out of our, our data around the, the cost of the day at the shore is, you know, I went through and I looked at it and I, I priced out kind of like what my family's perfect day at the shore would kind of look like. And, you know, it was, it was a, a few hundred dollars to, to say the least. And when I compared that against looking locally, because listen, even though travel is down 4%, or I'm sorry, travel's down 7%, it's still one of the biggest costs of, of any vacation, you know, um, gas still isn't really that cheap, even though it's less cheap than it or less expensive than it has been. Parking is still expensive. You know, those are are big pieces of it where if you're just going 10 minutes down the road to a local pool, a local lake, you know, something like that, it could be significantly more affordable. And if it's like that kind of beach trip that you're looking for and not the boardwalk that matters, um, that can be a, a big alternative. So, so anyway, what I what I did is I kind of looked at that and priced it against uh, either a half summer or a full summer pass at, at a local lake, and it actually came out pretty pretty similar. So, you know, for that one day at the Jersey Shore, my family could, in theory, be going to this lake all all summer long. You know, 
pack a lunch. We own our beach chairs. We own our, our umbrella. So like, you know, we already have that stuff. Um, and that's actually another point I wanted to make, you know, bring what you can wherever you're going. Um, almost every time it will, it will be cheaper. You know, some, even when I'm looking at the cost of, of an umbrella and chair rentals at the Jersey shore, you know, one day of that is like 50 bucks, 40, 50 bucks. And you know, that's, that's the price of a good, one good beach chair right there. And you know, if you're going for a week, it's definitely going to be cheaper to, to buy. And yeah, absolutely. I'm probably going to go again next year. Yeah, absolutely. So then, yeah, it's, it's an investment at that point. Um, we, I, I couldn't agree more just in the, the preparation to pack what you can before you go. Um, I know we're already looking at Costco, like, all right, what can we go to Costco for? What can we pick yep. up there? Pack in the back of the cars, we head up to the, you know, Lake George. So there's, there's a lot of areas that you can save money on. And what I'll say too, is I always joke that the two most popular people are someone with a truck, right? You always want to know someone with a truck and you want to know someone, of with course, a pool, right. They're always going to be the most popular. <laughs> um, I have neither. So, you know, really struggling right now, but I have the friends that have the truck and pool. One of the things that we got for our home is one of just one of those little inflatable pools for the kids. It's yep. like 50 bucks. Um, love, not love super them. expensive. Yeah. It, it lasts for about the summer, which is what we would expect. Um, a great investment at that point, just for them to get outside, be out in the sun, run around, get away from the TVs or the tablets for a little while, um, cool down some of the water. So there's, it, it doesn't always have to be extravagant. It doesn't always have to be the same you know, spot every weekend to your point, you might go to the shore once, you know, one weekend throughout the summer and the rest of the time's at a local pool or at a, you know, a local spot as far as a lake. So there, there's a lot of options out there and they'll remember. And myself, even I remember just being younger, some of the best times I had was not going away on a vacation. It was when you kind of create your own fun locally. Um, yeah. So again, it's, we don't even realize what we have near us. So to your point, go on, yep search a little bit about what, what activities can you do local and, um, it will save some money there as well as, and also create amazing experiences. Yeah. And, and to that point too, you know, look, look to your local township, you know, a lot of places have a recreation department or a parks department and a lot of them put on, you know, little fairs, festivals, nights in the park, you know, movie nights, things like that, that are usually either super cheap or, or free. Um, and you can create some really great memories over the summer through that sort of stuff too. I mean, granted, I realize not everybody has that, but take a look around you, you know, sometimes it's, it's a hidden gem and they don't have a lot of money to advertise. So you don't realize it until you go looking for it. Um, so check that out too, you know, really it's all about the memory, right? It's about making yep. those memories. It's about making, making that enjoyment. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive and, you know, I hear that this isn't necessarily as true once you get teenagers, they tend to want things that are a little bit more expensive, but, uh, for you and myself, we, we get to enjoy the, the younger age kids and, and them not needing extravagance just yet. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. So let's, uh, pivot over to our spring wellbeing in your wallet index findings. So this, this is a little bit of a, a different pace here. Um, we saw that 55% people were, either somewhat or strongly agreeing that their signif uh, finances are a significant source of stress. So more than, more than half uh, were stressed about their finances. Uh, a little bit less than that, were optimistic about their financial future at 47%. Um, and again, about the same of folks that were feeling confident about their ability to handle the cost of an emergency. Um, 
And then to kind of help help supplement that that shortfall, we saw about 54% looking at or strongly considering a second job or gig work to to help supplement that income. Um, You know, so people, they're they're not in a great financial situation right now where there's a lot of financial stress, there's a lot of financial worry. Um, You know, we we have seen some data out there that, that folks at least do have some money in their emergency savings account, but you know, we're that that kind is kind of lagging. I I think it's probably going to drop off soon. So, you know, what what stands out in this data to you, Sean? You know, what what do you recommend yeah. to our <clears throat> listeners where they can help manage that that higher stress environment? Sure, sure. I think um, I think no matter no matter what or any any year really that you look at statistics like this, you're going to see that there are people who are stressed about finances. Right? It's the number one stressor. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to continue to see that people, you know, are stressed out. They, some remain optimistic about the future, some not so much. Some have, you know, that, that savings account for emergencies. Um, as long as I've been in banking, I will say majority of people do not have that, right? Majority of people don't have that savings account in case of an emergency. And majority of people do have some stresses around their finances. But what I also see is a lot of people who continue to spend that causes that stress. Um, I think what's really important is yeah. you really have to balance it, right? If, if you're going to say that I am, I'm extremely stressed about my finances. When is the last time you really took a deep dive into them and looked at what you're spending your money on, looked at like the cash flow, right? What, what is coming in from work? Maybe I do want to look at yeah. potential, you know, getting a second job. Maybe I do want to create like a side gig where I can make some extra money. Um, but what I really want more people to do is take a look. If if you want to go on that vacation like we just spoke of, right? If you want to go out and get that new car and do these things, it does cost money. So you have to outweigh, do you want that financial burden, that financial stress on you, on your shoulders? Or does it make sense to get that three-year-old you know, certified used vehicle or buy the inflatable pool at home versus you know, spend 80 grand to put the new pool in your house? Uh, it's, I, I, this is always going to be a topic for discussion, right? I think 20 years from yeah. now, 30 years from now, it's still going to be a topic of discussion. It really is just take a look in the mirror and what do you want to get out of it? I think a lot more people are, they're less helpless than they think they are. If they really just yep. took a step back and looked at their finances and dug in a little bit. I, I think that's, that's kind of hitting the nail on the head where it's people, they don't, like the activity of budgeting. So they typically steer away from it. And I mean, yes, most people think, you know, budgeting is a dirty word. I like to call it, you know, planning um, and managing your cash flow and all those other, you know, words to, to avoid the, the dirty B word. Um, but, you know, realistically is you should be looking at your, your budget and your cash flow every six months, you know, really looking at it, like going through and scrutinizing, am I hitting what I'm expecting to hit? Where are my short uh, shortfalls? Um, or if you have a major life change, you know, if you have a raise, you know, most people have some sort of annual change to their income, either in the form of a bonus or a raise, or you know, changing jobs. Um, when that happens, you definitely need to take a look at your, you know, what you're paying, what's coming in, what's going out, balancing it. Is there subscriptions that you forgot about that you're, you know, still paying? Are you donating to your local gym and, you know, still not going? <laughs> All of these things that you really just need to be thoughtful about. 
um, but also making sure that your budget is aligned with your financial goals. And, you know, when I say that, some people, they don't have financial goals that they've set to know if they're even working towards. So, I mean, that's a really key critical step is kind of thinking down, sitting down and thinking, what do I want to achieve financially in the next year? What do I want to achieve financially five years from now? You know, those should really be built into your into your budget. So when you look at it six months from now, when you look at it a year from now, you feel that you're making progress. You feel good about your finances and that you're working towards what you want to achieve because otherwise it's just, you know, you're just looking at a spreadsheet or you're just looking at a, an account statement and it's not really working towards, I mean, at the end of the day, people aren't just hoarding money for the sake of money. They usually want to do something with it, right? So, sure. and whether that's retirement, whether that's going on a, a vacation, um, solidify that by, by writing it down, building it into your budget. And, you know, if you don't know how to budget, if you're not comfortable with the activity of budgeting, um, seek out help. You know, there's tons of free resources online. There's, you know, you can always reach out to your friends here at Affinity. Um, we're always happy to help you. But a lot of other financial institutions also have apps or other resources, too, that you can tap into to just make sure that you have what you need to, to create that budget, even if it's just a starting point. And I'll say too, just to kind of piggyback off, off what you said a little bit, we have the individuals here at Affinity who are happy to have those conversations. Um, it's just yeah. really a matter of, do our members want to have that conversation, right? You can't force someone to have a conversation they don't want to. Um, right. If you're asking questions and they're, they're genuinely just, they're not comfortable having the conversation yet, they don't want to answer those questions. That's okay, but we do our best to try to get them there because it really is a benefit. Um, it really is a judgment-free zone. Right. So yeah, we see, we see everything in the branches over the yeah. phone. It really is just the ultimate outcomes. How do we put you in a better financial situation? That's, that's our goal. Right. Uh, whether you have a million dollars in your savings account or a dollar in your savings account, what can we do to put you in the best financial situation and relieve some of that stress? Um, it's, it's really, really important to us here. And I would tell anyone who is listening, go visit one of our financial service consultants in one of our branches in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, give our digital branch a call. Um, they are outstanding individuals who, again, genuinely want to do best by our members and make sure that they're in the right products and services and they have the, the right financial plan set up for them. So that it does ease some of that stress, whether it is going on a vacation next year, or it is trying to create a budget to put some money away for savings. Uh, the, yeah. the other thing that I do want to kind of touch on a little bit is, one thing I think I would do a little bit differently, and, and you spoke about this uh, before, Grant, is as, especially anybody who's younger, in their 20s, 30s, you hope to get promoted, right? You might start new jobs. As your income increases, it's really important to reevaluate every time. Um, I yes. wish I did that a little bit more, to be totally honest, right? So as you get more more money, right? As you you know get your raise at the end of the year, you start a new job, it's you're making 15% more than you were at your previous employer. It, it's not the best to always just go out and, again, live now at that level. Take yeah. a look at your finances. Can you save that money? It's very, very easy to not miss money that you never had. Um, yep. Once you start spending and living at that new limit, it's, it's, it's more difficult to kind of create that budget, not get the coffee on the way to work every day, not take the summer vacation, you know, twice a year instead of once a year. Um, but I think those are big moments in individuals' lives that as they make more, take a look at your budget, 
Um, and just be honest with yourself because you will thank yourself as you get older when you're, you go on these vacations and it's, it's not as stressful. Um, or you're yeah. looking to retire and, and you feel very confident where you are, you know, in your 40s, 50s. Yeah. And it's, you know, you don't have to wait until that critical moment where it actually happens. You can start to plan ahead. You can think about where you want to start to put that money. You can start to, you know, go online and find a financial calculator, figure out something that's 10 years away. Even if you have a rough idea of how much it costs, you can figure out how much you need to start putting away on a, on a monthly or weekly basis, whatever your pay, pay rate is. Um, but don't, you know, yeah, I mean, no matter what you do, you're, you're going to find a way to spend the money that, that you get. I mean, that's, that's the reality. Um, those that really have been financially successful and have managed to retire early and find those really comfortable life states, um, they're the ones that stay at the same lifestyle level, you know, and then just kind of squirrel away everything else that, that they earn. Um, and, and Yes, not not everybody can necessarily achieve that, but if you are in a place where you're putting a lot of stuff on credit, you're going into debt, as you start to increase your earnings or find other ways to, to increase your cash flow, figure out what that kind of looks like where you can start to break even and start to put some savings away. Because, you know, let's let's be real, you got to have that emergency fund, even if it's only a little bit, because the emergency is not going to wait for you. You know, sure. it's going to be that much easier to absorb it if you have something put away. And even if it's just a few dollars, it helps. Every little bit helps. Agree. Totally agree. All right. Any, any last thoughts on that before we pivot, Sean? No, I thought that was great. All right. Um, well then I'm going to kick it over to you for our member mailbag. And before I do that, I do want to remind our audience that if you have a question or comment for our member mailbag segment, please send it to affinity FCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. And with that, take it away, Sean. All right. This is my favorite part. I love hearing from members. I'll be honest with you. So in our member mailbag today, um, we have a message that says, here's a question we've received from a member, right? Uh, Every summer, my significant other and I take a vacation with our kids. We just had another child earlier this year, which has really tightened our budget. Um, I don't think we can afford to go on a trip this summer. Obviously, don't want to miss out on these memories with my family, but I also don't want to stretch us too thin. Any tips on how to manage this? So do you want to start with this one, Grant, or you want me to kind of kick this one off? Yeah, yeah. I'll I mean I'll I'll go back to my my previous point where it's, you know, don't go shopping for that vacation first and fall in love with something that you want. Create that budget, figure out what you can afford, and then go figure out what what fits that. Um, you know, they they mentioned that they have some other kids, so that could be tough to figure out what they want to do at an affordable level. But I mean, I can, I can tell you with the newborn, they're not making any memories. You know, you're, you're going to remember that trip with them, but honestly, it's going to be all the stuff that you have to lug around, how, you know, cranky they are in the heat. It's, it's really tough with a newborn to, to go on a trip. So, I mean, going back to that local stuff, if you can do that, that's probably ideal. Um, much easier to kind of up and go back home when the newborn's having a meltdown versus being out on a trip somewhere. Um, 100%. even last year, my, we, we took my girls to, uh, to Disney and they were just about at the age where they could really appreciate it. Um, but in the middle of the day, you know, they, they started to get cranky. We had to go back to the room for, for nap time. Um, and it was, it was nice that we could 
get back to somewhere and, and have that break. But, you know, again, that was a nice trip that was kind of once in a lifetime that, that, you know, my, my in-laws helped subsidize. So that's an unusual situation, but it, again, you know, tight budget, think locally, think day trips, think, you know, things where you can easily get out and don't have to lug the world with you. Cause that is one of the challenges with a newborn. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. One of the things I'll say too is, and again, having done this, as I spoke about previously, taking small kids or small children on a vacation can be very difficult, right? So yes, there's, there is the memories you're creating, but there is a lot of difficulty that goes with it, right? So I would, again, ask myself, is this a vacation we, we need to go on? Or is this a vacation where we can get that inflatable pool for $40, right? Have a phenomenal time at home this summer. But then what is that dream vacation? I think you've talked about it on a previous podcast about Disney, right? A lot of people, they want to go to Disney at least one time, right? It, it's a lot. Yeah. You have a, a brand new child at home. Make that five-year, six-year plan and say, look, it, we're, we're not going to overextend ourselves this summer or the next or the next or the next. But we're going to plan on, you know, when the, our smallest child now is five or six years old, we've saved enough money to go on a Disney trip with all of our children and not stress about finances. Um, yeah. It may have cost us five inflatable pools, right? <laughs> or a <laughs> pool membership at the, um, the local YMCA, whatever it might be. But it's nice when you have that goal that's more of a long term that you know you're building towards versus looking at it in a way of we're going to miss out on our summer vacation this year. No, you're not. You're, you can save some money and then you can plan and get excited about, you know, when, when your youngest child is five or six years old, we are going to have the best Disney trip ever or whatever that looks like. Maybe not yeah. Disney. Um, it will help keep you motivated to save that money and, and put some away. Um, if, if you're constantly spreading yourself too thin every summer on a vacation, that summer is going to come where you want to go on that big trip. And it's just, it's going to be even more difficult and even more stressful from a financial perspective. Yeah. And, and you're, you're creating some, some pressure on yourself where that expectation is, is that you're going to go on that, you know, exciting vacation every, every summer, you know, even if it's not affordable and, and that's just going to increase the, the financial stress. You know, I, I think again, going back to a previous point, if you're setting that expectation of it, if it's every other year, you know, you go on the big trip and, and, you know, the off year is the, the local stuff. Um, you know, your, your kids will get it though. The mm -hmm. might throw a little bit of a tantrum, but they'll get over it. It'll be fine. She'll still make those memories at home playing in the, in the inflatable yep. pool on the sprinkler <laughs> or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, there's, there's no shame in, in delaying that trip to make it all that more memorable and, Agreed. you know, the, the sage advice that I can take away from, from my trip to Disney is, you know, going to Disney with a kid under, you know, three or four is it's, it's not vacation, it's parenting, but in a faraway place, lugging a lot of stuff in the heat. So, you know, make sure that everybody's there is getting the most out of it. Cause it is not inexpensive. And, you know, realistically that's any, any destination kind of thing like that, where you want to get the most out of it. Um, and, and, Having young kids is definitely makes it a, a challenge with more expense, more stress, more stuff you got to bring. Um, pushing it out is is probably the the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Well, we do have a uh, quick product highlight right here, so I'm going to pivot over to that. Um, 
So I want to talk a little bit about our Smart Start Savings account. You guys have probably heard me talk about this before, um, but you know it's a really, really great way to you know start saving up for an emergency fund, start saving up for that vacation we're talking about, you know, and whether it's saving for that uh, dream vacation or a rainy day. We're here to help you earn even more towards your financial goals with Affinity's award-winning high-yield Smart Start Savings account. Affinity's Smart Start Savings earns 4.0% annual percentage yield on the first $10,000 in savings, which is 10 times the national average as reported by the FDIC. This means a higher savings rate on more dollars for Affinity members. So for those new to the program, it's unique for its inverted interest structure that encourages our members to get started on their savings journey with no minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. It's a great way to start building your emergency funds since this structure allows for easy access to funds when needed with no limitations on transfers or withdrawals. Did I mention Smart Start is award-winning? Affinity Smart Start Award was recently named Best Credit Union Savings Account for Deposits Under $10,000 by CNBC Select and was previously recognized by as the best high-yield savings account by the buy side from Wall Street Journal. Save, smart, earn more, and reach your financial dreams quicker with Smart Start. You can visit affinityfcu.com forward slash smart start for more information. All right. So we talked about a lot today, obviously. You know, we yes. talked about summer 2023 and how to, you know, manage an affordable vacation and managing your budget. We talked about, you know, some of those findings from the index and, you know, what you can do to you know, just manage your financial stress and, and you know, start to look forward and, and plan ahead. Um, Sean, you know, what sort of key highlights, next steps and takeaways uh, do you want to share with the audience today? Yeah, absolutely. I, again, I feel like I say it on every podcast, but I really truly mean it. I, I encourage everyone, even if, even if you feel secure in, in your finances and you're not stressed out from your finances, please go visit one of our um, team members within our 19 branches across New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, check out our website, which is www.affinityfcu.com. We have some amazing products on there. We have different services. Um, and again, we have our digital branch through our 800 number who can help you and, and have these conversations over the phone. If, if going into a branch and seeing a representative isn't the most convenient for you, whether it be, you know, you don't live local to a branch or you, you don't have the time throughout the day to stop in. Um, but I do encourage you reach out and just let them know you want to just review your membership with us and make sure you're getting the most from it. They would love to have to hear that question from any one of our listeners. So I encourage everybody, please go out and do that. Um, you will absolutely get someone who is caring and knowledgeable and wants to make sure that we do the right thing by you and puts you in the best financial situation. So I would love to hear um, anybody that does that and then give some feedback on how the interaction went. Yeah. We, we, we love our members. We love you guys. Come visit us. Um, those of you that are local in our footprint, you know, just a reminder that our Madison, New Jersey branch recently opened. So definitely go check that location out. Um, coming up later this year, our Oradell branch is moving down the road to River's Edge. You know, if you're local to that area, yep, check that out. Um, definitely love to see you come visit. Um, you know, but again, uh, reach out to us here at the podcast. You know, we, we love to hear back from you. We have our member mailbag segment. Um, you know, if you want to be featured in that, you can send it to Affinity FCU on Twitter or Facebook with the hashtag member mailbag. Uh, and as always, you know, 
We want you to rate, like, subscribe to More Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. You can visit us at affinityfcu.com for more information about financial well-being and affinity products. And as always, be well. Thanks for listening.